Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. My name is Patrick Adams and today's guest is Craig Tedrow. Welcome to the show, Craig. Thank you. All right, so Craig is uh, one of our team members here at PA Consulting. I'm excited to have him on the show to talk a little bit more about standard work. But Craig, before we do that, can you tell the audience maybe a little bit about your background? Sure. I began my manufacturing back in the early 80s at Steelcase. Mm -hmm. uh, back when, if you got a job there, you stayed there, you retired there. Sure. So I actually put 27 years in there. Wow. Um, I ended up leaving in 2011. I went back to school for a couple of years. Um, I got out and had to find a job then. Mm -hmm. So I landed at a carbon manufacturing company. That's actually where you and I met. Yes. Manufacturing some nice sports cars. Yeah, we were making the the hoods and the roofs uh, out of carbon fiber for the the uh, Corvettes. Yep. Yeah. Corvettes and then the Dodge Vipers. Yeah. We that on board. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I started there actually in the plant. Mm -hmm. uh, you were the lean manager there. Mm -hmm. I threw a few ideas out there, and next thing I know, you tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, you want to help out?" Um, on, the, on the plant floor and come in and work with my team and yeah I said sure I think if I remember uh, I, I was watching you probably during one of my gamble walks I was just observing and watching you as you were I think you were in the sanding department if I remember and you mm -hmm. were moving from table to table coaching and uh, training uh, new team members on how to properly sand the the hood uh, and I remember you know you, you just seemed to have there was something about the way that you were talking to the team members you just like you were listening to them you were giving them uh, feedback you were coaching them in a way that showed a lot of respect for the employees and I just remember thinking that guy you know he he needs to be on the on the team promoting lean and and uh, talking to team members about you know what a continuous improvement culture should look like. So. Oh, great. That's a nice story. Like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about your work with PA Consulting. So you do some training, consulting, coaching. Yeah, you... training, consulting, coaching. Mm -hmm. Have been traveled around a little bit um, mm -hmm. with you mm -hmm. and without you doing some different things for different companies around town mm -hmm. and some as far away as the other side of the uh, United States. So yeah, yeah. it's been a lot of fun doing that. I, what I enjoy most, I think, is getting out on the plant floor mm -hmm. and working with the folks on the floor. Yeah. So if, if we don't get their buy-in, mm -hmm. uh, then anything we try to implement is just not going to work. Yeah. And I've been on both sides of the coin there. That's right. So with Steelcase, um, those 27 years were in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a zone leader type role. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of it was just on the floor uh, yeah. doing the work. And that makes a big difference when you, you're not just book smart, right? You, you, you don't just know the, the lean uh, principles. You've actually in, been involved in them uh, on, like you said, both sides. So you've right. been part of implementing, but also part of being coached in how to implement uh, some of the lean principles that, that you and I teach and, and coach on now. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that, that makes for a pretty good coach, someone that has actually had the experience, right? Not just you the know, book knowledge. I think it does too, because I like to say I'm not the book smart. I'm more of the experience type. Mm -hmm. Someone then to listen to the operators and hear what some of their concerns are. And I can understand what their concerns are because I have the exact same ones. Mm -hmm. It's almost like wherever we're at, uh, whatever industry we're in, we all have the same concerns. Yeah, uh, it can be you know administrative in a hospital or a, a clinic somewhere or any any type of work. It doesn't sure. have to be manufacturing. Right. And this this just applies totally across the board. Absolutely. Whatever kind of work we do. 
Oh, I you love know, that. That's what that's what's fun about it. Absolutely. So tell tell us a little bit about. We're going to dive into the topic for today, which is standard work. Tell us a little bit about uh, your first exposure to standard work. When when did you learn about it? When was it first uh, you know introduced to you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started uh, in the early '80s at Steelcase. Now mm-hmm. back then we batched everything, so mm-hmm. we made 200 of these and 300 of these and 400 of these. And we got into the 90s, we started getting into the lean manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And that was when I had my first uh, recollection of standard work, actually opening up a book, uh, seeing how to assemble something or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually a couple years ago, I was working with a team to develop their standard work. And we, we got into a discussion about it. And I realized that I was actually doing standard work when I was 16 and cooking at the Spinnaker, the Grand Rapids Hilton. Really? So following <laughs> a recipe is following standard work, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, it's just, so really it, it applies everywhere. Sure. You know, and sure. if you don't follow the recipe, you know, you might get raisins in your potato salad somewhere. You know? and we don't <laughs> right? want that. Right? No, we wouldn't no. want that. So that there's standard work for a reason. That's know? right. It's a purpose. Yeah, so so when when I see standard work, obviously I think of uh, a visually posted uh, one-page document that has some specific items on it. Uh, you might have the the steps, the the sequence of steps. You might have the the flow of work through a workstation. You might have tack time, which mm-hmm. you know is another item that you would see on uh, on a. a st- a standard document, right? Uh, you'd see maybe the number of whip in between each process step or right. things like that. But what you're talking about though is, you know, standard work in general is something that we see lots of different places and maybe not the the, the template that I'm talking about, the, right. the, the standards that are in place for creating standard work. But um, what would some other examples, I guess, be of where we might see standard work uh, outside of maybe recipes? What would, what would something else be? Let's say you were at a hospital mm-hmm. and maybe it's you're in the billing department sure you know you would have to do things a standard you have to do them a certain way yeah if i did mine a different way than yours something's not going to come out right that's you know? right and one of us would have a better way than the other mm-hmm. so standard work is meant to be changed as well so we need to update that standard that's right but until we update it we need to follow what's there mm-hmm. so and, and i that- think some people get scared away when they think about all the tack time and the inventory in between and things like that some of my favorite teams to work with, we've actually got a sheet of paper and a pencil and mm-hmm. wrote our standard workout. So let's just try it, see if it works. Right. They're like, well, should we you know, put it in a Word document and print them out? And it's, nope, let's not bother with any of that. No. We're going to change it, right? That's right. We're, we don't have a standard here yet. Yeah. So that's don't let perfection you know stand in the way of any type of progress. So. Sure, sure. No, that's a that's great advice, and and that really becomes the the best known way of doing things, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps you from backsliding. If people are doing it that way every time, you know, third shift, first shift, whatever team it is, if they do it that same way, they should get the same result, the same outcome, yes. uh, which is, again, known to be the, it's the best known way of doing things for that time. And to your point, if someone finds a new or a better way of doing things, then they would update that standard work, probably train the rest of the team or the other shifts or whatever it might be, because now they found a even better way of doing exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. it's hard to make an improvement if everybody's doing it a different way. Right. So you don't know why you're getting um, this result. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm doing it a different way than you, we might have a different result. So then they might try to change something. Well, we might just not be following a standard. Yeah. So we need to start off with a stable foundation there. Right. If right. everybody do the same thing every time, 
and then you can you know change what might work. So what do you think happens when uh, you know, like I've I've been involved with some companies where they have standard work posted, they've trained the team to it, but people just aren't doing it. So what do you think is happening with team members that you know maybe are not following the standards? What's going on in their minds, or why wouldn't they follow the standard work that's laid out? In, in my experience, what I've seen is the standard work is written by somebody without involving the team. Mm -hmm. So if you don't go out and ask somebody, you know, how do you do this job and observe them and explain what you're doing to them, you know, that you want to watch and document what they're doing and get the best way. So if an engineer or which I understand that they have to do that, uh, maybe it's somebody in quality, there might be a lot of people involved in the standard work, mm -hmm. especially different uh, products. You have to make sure you satisfy the customer's needs, right? Sure. I can't skip a step because I want to. Mm -hmm. you know, we need to give the customer what they want. Right. So, but I think just talking the dialogue with the operator, mm -hmm. asking, you know, what do you think of this? And then most importantly is listening. Mm -hmm. Find out what they have to say about it. Because yeah. I've seen standard work come down that it's, you know, everybody looks at it and they're like, well, I don't agree with that. This makes it so much harder to do. Well, yeah. there could be a great reason that that has to be done that way. Yeah. And we can work to change that. Sure. But sure. we first need to follow a standard. Yeah. And for for operators, then that that's also showing respect, right? It, oh, it shows absolutely. them that you that you care. I mean, they're the experts out there. They're the ones that really know, you know, the ins and outs of the job or how to run the equipment or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, industry that they're in. They know what's going on. They're the ones that are closest to the work. So involving yeah, sure. them in creating those steps and developing that standard work is really showing them the respect that they deserve. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Then they're going to want to follow it. They had input into it. You know? yeah. Nobody wants to do something that somebody else from another room comes in and tells them how to do it, and they've never done that job before. Right. So I think that's where it, it kind of gets a bad rap. Mm. You know, and I, and I was on that end too. Sure. I had to follow standard work, mm -hmm. and there were times that it was not very easy to follow it. Mm. You know, we did the carbon fiber. You would have to sand different materials, and it's like, well, how can we sand this? It's so much harder to sand than that other material. Mm. Well, the engineer came out, we explained it, and they ended up finding a different type of abrasive mm. that we could use for it, so a different sandpaper. That made it better. Hmm. So that was how we did that change. Yeah. But there was a way to make the change. We couldn't just start doing it a different way because we wanted to. Yeah. As and much that, as we wanted to. Right. Sure. But that's important too because it's been, as we talked about, it's been proven that that's the best way of doing things. And to your point earlier, there could be some quality standards or things that we don't know about as operators that you know need to be adhered to, and which is the reason why we're following those steps. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. So an explanation from an engineer or whoever might help with, mm -hmm. with something like that. What are some other things that, that we can do to, as leaders to help employees follow leader standard work or to help them understand the, the, the importance or, or even get buy-in from, from employees around following standard work? Well, I think you touched on it a little bit there. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I was saying ask the operator, mm -hmm. you know, ask them to get their input and then give your input. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you're manufacturing cars, Something has to be done a certain way for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. I remember the vehicles that we were we were doing. We had to put build them a certain way mm -hmm. so that they would crumple a certain way in a in a crash. Yeah. Well, if the operator decided they want to change that and build it a different way because it looks the same, it doesn't mean it's going to perform the same out there. Or if you're doing um, aviation and defense, um, electronics, things like that. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that whoever built the plane I'm in followed their standard work. Absolutely. You know, I don't want someone skipping a step because it's a little bit easier to not put those bolts in over there, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, if you explain why it's so important and that you're willing to listen and change it, if there's a better way. Yeah. I think that communication is missing um, in so many times. Absolutely. And that's why it, it gets overlooked. Yeah. 
And I would also uh, add that, you know, having your employees understand the benefits and the reasons why standard work is in place, you know, like some mm-hmm. of the things that we talked about, would also be another key to creating that buy-in to, to follow standard work. But what would you say are some of maybe the other advantages uh, of having standard work in place that, that employers can think about as they're starting to deploy standard work and communicate the importance of standard work out to the teams? Uh, consistency is mm-hmm. one. Again, we want to have a stable foundation if we want to build anything, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're not consistent and putting out a consistent product, we don't know what our customer is going to think. You know, if we're talking, say, French fries at McDonald's, they're pretty much the same any McDonald's you walk into. Yeah, that's true. And you know they're going to be the same, right? So there's a certain way that they they do that. And if Mm -hmm. you ever watch, you know, the salt's pre-measured and they just turn it till it doesn't come out anymore and temperature and the timers are set, so Mm -hmm. everything comes out the same. Well, if I start to change that, um, I'm going to get a different product. Mm-hmm. And if it's a restaurant, you might not know if your customer is ever going to come back or that they don't come back anymore. Right. Now, if it's a larger client like General Motors or something like that, they're going to let you know that, hey, this is not coming through the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's times that customers won't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, Their employees are not following the standard and something's going to taste different or right. something performs differently or something doesn't hold up the way it does. Mm-hmm. You know, in office furniture... You would have to use certain adhesives to make fabric stick to certain things. Sure. Well, if I skip that step or, or didn't spray it in the pattern that I had to, you know, that can delaminate over time. And now we have a product that's just not up to the standards mm-hmm. um, that the company wants. Yeah, so I think true. that's a huge problem. Yeah, the other one, too, I think about those that are listening in that are, you know, maybe in the healthcare industry. I mean, not following standard work could also be harmful or, or even detrimental, you know, to humans, to people, you know. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. Uh, obviously, that's a, that's a simple one. That's an easy one to explain why you should follow these steps and right. not skip steps. But again, you know, it's not always that, that easy to, to uh, understand it, the importance. So, you know, as leaders... I think it, it's key that we are communicating the why behind mm-hmm. it and making sure that the team understands uh, the reasons, the benefits, the, the outcome of standard work and, and what it's meant to do, but also, like you mentioned earlier, involving them in the process from the beginning because that will create the buy-in. Right. Uh, when, we, when we were working with a, a car manufacturer, we had a problem with some parts getting produced that weren't up to standard. Mm-hmm. First thing we did, we got the team in a room. Uh, we pulled out the standard work. Uh, we took a video of the process and we watched the video with the team as we were following through the standard work and we noticed that there was a step they were missing. Mm. So when you make carbon fiber, you have to get the carbon fiber into the mold and you, we use like pizza cutters. We take the blade out, of course, put sure. something else in there and you make sure you get all the air out. So when it does go to cure, you don't have any voids in that area. Mm. But we noticed that we had a lot of scrap there and there was something that you couldn't fix. So by getting the team in there and following along, they saw, well, that person was not putting the roller in those corners. Mm. So they weren't pushing the material in all the way. Uh-huh. So that was a, a very simple Kaizen. It was a great a great win yeah. you know, for that. Yeah. And we just got iPads and showed everybody you know, why this has to be done this way. And we retrained everybody up mm-hmm. to the standard. Mm-hmm. And we explained why. You know, they thought just pushing it in with their fingers was enough. Mm. That would work. And when they turned the vacuum on, it would bring it down. Well, right. It wasn't enough to get the material in those corners. Hmm. Wow, that's a that's a great example of you know looking at your standard work and auditing to your standard work, I guess, right? right? You know, and, and making sure that people are following it and then explaining the the reasons behind it. You yeah. know, because you guys had an actual defect that happened because right. of people not following one of the steps. So, so instead so. of trying to think, all right, outside the box, what could be causing this? Is it mm-hmm. the material or something like that? We just really went back to basics. 
And when we started, I thought, okay, are we going to find the answer here or not? Mm -hmm. Well, if not, we're auditing the standard work at least. Yeah. We'll get that done. You right. Know, we'll all look through it and make sure it's being done. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, that was our, our biggest tip-off right there. Hmm. I think we have a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, oh, I love that example. That's great. So, and we've talked, we've mentioned standard work. We've mentioned tack time. We've mentioned uh, auditing and, and different things. And obviously, there's lots of other lean uh, buzzwords that tie mm -hmm. in with standard work. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are around uh, just lean initiatives or lean methodology in general and how standard work helps to support, you know, any company's lean journey. I think, to me, the biggest one would be continuous improvement. Mm. It's hard to improve on something that that has so much variation in it. Mm -hmm. If we can remove the variation from so many of our processes, uh, we're over halfway there, I think. Sure. You know, because then we know what we're going to get. Sure. So I've heard it described to me before as scope creep mm. by an engineer where somebody starts changing something a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. And before you know it, you know, you're way out of, out of tolerance. You can change something, but it might not affect anything. So if unless everybody's doing it the same way, mm -hmm. if I change one thing, I won't know if that one thing helped or if that one thing hurt or a coincidence, it could have helped, but it might have been something that you changed. Sure. So sure. until we follow, you know, the same standard across the board, then we're not going to know what we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a good point. I think just building that strong foundation mm -hmm. by eliminating that variation. Right. Right. And for anybody that's listening that maybe uh, doesn't have any type of standard work in place. Uh, but they maybe they they're hearing this and they know that you know this should be something. I mean, it's it's pretty much foundational to lean and developing a you know a, a workplace that has that is stable, right? It's it's all about um, removing the the variation and, mm -hmm. and creating more of a, a stable workplace. But for those that are listening that maybe don't have that in place yet, and maybe they they feel that it's something that they need, what would be your suggestions on where to start? What what should they do to to begin their their uh, work on around standard work? Well, the the equipment you would need would be pencil and paper. Mm -hmm. That would be a start. Um, get your team together explain how, how important it is to have a standard mm -hmm. and ask your team what they do. You know, and let's jot it down and see how everybody does everything and mm -hmm. get your team to agree on, you know, this is the best way that we're doing it right now. And then put that paper out there mm -hmm. and then audit it and see if people are following that. Mm -hmm. You might find out that you have a better way or that they're doing it a good way. Uh, maybe a first shift or second shift. Uh, your production numbers could be different or your soup tastes different yeah. depending on when it was made, right? right? So is everybody following that standard first? Right. So I would say don't overthink it. You can um, get really in the weeds with timing absolutely everything and your inventory in between. And that's a, that's a good thing if you're at that point yet. But mm -hmm. if you're just starting out, you're not at that point. Right. So if, if I had to give one tip to improve your, your company, if you're just starting, eliminate your variation. Mm. You know, and just get some stability to begin with. Yeah. Often we'll go into a client and they'll want to see changes right away. You know, and you know, we have to observe first. We yeah. need to interview the operators. We need to find out what works, what doesn't work, what are their pain points, things like that. Yeah. So you need to uh, get some stability first. Sure. Even if your process isn't the best, write it down and then make sure everybody follows it. So mm -hmm. then you can change one thing and see if that either improves or if it doesn't improve or makes it worse. Right. Then you'll know, well, that's the one we're not going to try anymore, right? Right. Right. No, that's a really good point. And there's a couple things that I heard you say that I want to uh, maybe expand on just a bit. You, you talked about uh, using a, a pencil and paper. Uh, I remember one uh, company that we worked with, uh, were using a whiteboard and a marker, very similar, mm -hmm. right? But they put it out there on the floor and they jotted down their steps. 
and uh, it was very easy and on a daily basis because once they set the standards for how they needed to complete this particular process, then the team started going, well, you know, I don't do it that way. I do it this way. And then there was some discussion that opened up and the team collectively decided that, you know, I don't remember the exact, but step number four actually needed to, you know, go after step number five. And so they, 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 quickly just erased those on the board, switched them around. They adjusted this step. They changed okay. this step to add something else. And it was very easy, especially in the beginning, for everybody to work together off of that whiteboard to land on a collective agreement on what's the, the one best way to do things. Right. And then once they all agreed on it after erasing and re-scribbling and writing, then that was established as the standard and they could move ahead with that. Yeah. And I know so, you know this. It's not the person. It's the process, right? Right. Well, if we don't have a standard process, then how do we know what you know where the fault is? Right. So, so many times, you know, people think, well, it's just he just does it that way, mm -hmm. you know, or that person is is making the mistake. Yeah. No, the process allowed them to make the mistake. It's right. not nobody comes to work to do a bad job. That's right. You know, that's right. Very, very few. Yeah. It also makes me think of a story, another client that we worked with where we were documenting their changeover and creating standard work uh, around their changeovers. And we had uh, for between first shift and third shift, they were uh, very different in their ramp up times. Uh, third shift was much better than first shift, mm -hmm. like considerably better. And they didn't know why until they started documenting their, their steps behind their changeover. Uh, and when we talked to third shift, third shift said that, I, so the dial needed to go to four when they changed it. Okay. And then by turning the dial to number four, you know, they would change over to the next part, the simplest way that I can explain it. Uh, but third shift wouldn't just turn the dial to four, they would go uh, 10 past and then come back to four. And it wasn't until we started documenting the process and videoing, like you said, and talking to the operators that we found out that that third shift was going 10 past and then coming back to the four. Okay. And so we asked him, why does he do that? And he said, uh, well, there's slop in the dials. So if you don't go 10 past and come back to it, then your ramp up's gonna take longer. Got it. Well, they had never talked you know, first shift okay. and third shift didn't really talk. So, uh, so that was something that had to be communicated. Now, obviously we did some, some work on eliminating the slop, right? right we had to right. get rid of the root cause. But in the meantime, the teams had to be trained to follow the new standard, which was go 10 past and come back, right. you know, to deal with the, the slop and, and obviously ramp up times increased rapidly, you know, after that. Uh, so just a, a simple example, yeah. but when you start to document those standards and you, you ask the team, you know, what can we do to, mm -hmm. to, figure out the best way of doing things, you know, some pretty amazing things can happen. Well, and something you said there, if it says turn the dial to four, well, they could be doing that, even third shift. Mm -hmm. They're not going to write in necessarily that they do that. Mm -hmm. But if you video the process, you pick up on those little nuances. Sure. That, you know, I think video is just really under underused. Mm -hmm. I think it could be used on so many occasions. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of times we'll go back, go back to the tape and watch it again mm -hmm. and see, all right, now what did this person do here? Why well, wasn't looking at that person? I was looking at the other one. Well, let's go look at the tape. We've already got it, right? Right. You know, we can study that over and over again. And mm -hmm. we don't need to get out there and just do the time. You know, sometimes time studies, you know, can be a little bit cumbersome. And mm -hmm. by the time you really get your rhythm down, it's break time. Yeah. So, yeah. but if you take a video, you can watch it over and over again. You right. can really capture everything. Right. So for those that are listening right now, any last comments around maybe why standard work is important? I would think that the most important thing is to satisfy the customer. And if I'm, if I'm in a uh, passenger on an airplane, I'm the customer. Mm. And I would love to be satisfied and have a successful takeoff and landing. Right. So that satisfies me. 
if you're driving in your car. You want to be a satisfied customer, of course, and for safety reasons, right? Um, if you're in a restaurant business, you want your customers coming back. Mm -hmm. They might not tell you if they're not happy. They right. just won't come back. Right. Um, if you're in a hospital and you're a patient, I want to come home. You know, so I want them to follow their standards. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to do it the same way. That's right. You know, if you have somebody giving you medicine on a different shift and they're doing it different or giving you something different and you know it's supposed to be something else, you're going to say something, right? Mm -hmm. So I would just say that that to me is the most important part behind standard work. Mm -hmm. I love that. Powerful. Good way to close. If anybody that's listening wants to get a hold of you, I'm assuming they can find you on LinkedIn. Uh, we can drop your LinkedIn uh, profile into the uh, show notes. Any Anything else as far as uh, getting a hold of you or finding out more, probably go to our website. Yeah, go to the website. FindLeanSolutions.com. FindLeanSolutions.com, yeah. And we'll throw that in the show notes as well. And, uh, yeah, we've got some great training programs that we're putting together to yeah. get out there. Yeah. It's one on standard work. Yes, that's you know, true. Good point. Watch it in your own convenience. So yep. there's some great, great tips out there. Just don't overthink it. Yeah, you know, sure. Get something out there. If you have nothing, just get something. Good. Well, thanks again, Craig. Uh, it's been amazing having you on the show for the first time, and hopefully this won't be the last time. We'll pick another topic maybe uh, you know, a couple months from now, and we'll, we'll talk about something else. Absolutely. I love the story you told at the beginning. Yeah. It's a great one. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.